Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. To the players, talking to you this morning is certainly one of the hardest things that I've done. I believe in each and every one of you. I see the hard work you're putting in, but it will turn. Continue to work hard, work closely with each other, work closely with your coaches, work closely with the staff, and I know it will turn. A massive thanks to my family who have just been unbelievable support <clears throat> for me over the journey. Uh, my wife in particular, who's the rock of our family, to Sarah, to Jessica and Dean, and my little grandson Jackson, to Mark and his fiancée, <clears throat> Jasmine, and to John and Annabelle. Thank you for your unbridled support and love and care. And I can't wait to spend more time with you. So there you go, a casualty in AFL ranks. Many saw it coming Quite a number of weeks ago, David Noble stepping down as coach of the North Melbourne Football Club, effective immediately after conducting a press conference today. And we're going to have more on that a bit later on the program. So stay with us and we're going to analyse what maybe the future holds for North Melbourne and who will be the Kangaroos' next coach. And let's talk about Alistair Clarkson. Let's talk about Adam Simpson, the current West Coast Eagles coach because of his connection with North Melbourne, having racked up 306 games for the Kangaroos across a brilliant 15-year career. As I mentioned, there's been talk about Alistair Clarkson, but every time there's a job vacancy, his name will be thrown up. Also, Ross Lyon has been mooted, Don Pike. But let me tell you, there's another one that I will throw up. I'm going to reserve it until I speak to Kim Hagdorn, because I'm inviting him on the program later on in the hour. He's our AFL expert. And I thought to myself, who could comment about North Melbourne? And why speak to somebody else when he is our AFL expert? So Haggis is going to jump on the phone. We'll have a brief chat with him a bit later on, on how he sees it developing going forward, because this has been a huge discussion point on this program over many weeks. But I will reserve my judgment on another individual, a West Australian that could be sounded out by North Melbourne to take over from David Noble. Because this individual, I believe, was even sounded out before David Noble accepted the position. We'll discuss that a bit later on. Very shortly, we'll have a chat to Jimmy Smith. Of course, our National Rugby League expert works for SEN 11.70 in Sydney. Tomorrow night, it's the big one. The decider between New South Wales and Queensland at Suncorp Stadium to see who takes out Origin for 2022. We saw it firsthand, State of Origin 2. The game was up for grabs at halftime, but then the Blues went on a rampage and demolished the uh, Queensland Maroons in the second half to win comfortably. So it split at one game apiece. And as I said, it all comes down to tomorrow. So we'll speak to Jimmy Smith in just a moment. Also later in the hour, one of the most celebrated West Australian sports stars was present at Garden City Shopping Centre today. And this individual 
has taken on a crusade, apart from being an elite sports person, is also writing children's books. And today there was an autograph signing at Dimmick's at Garden City. It was pandemonium. There were hundreds, if not thousands, lining up to get personal, up and close with one Samantha Kerr. And we're going to cross live to Garden City Shopping Centre and speak to the owner, the franchise owner of that store, to tell us about the events of earlier today. Uh, it was just out of control because Sam Kerr has become such an elite sports star, not only in this country, but as we know, through the world game. So we'll uh, have a bit on that a bit later on. But it's sold out. State of Origin 3 is sold out tomorrow night with Queensland and New South Wales. Can't wait for it. And I reckon Jimmy Smith can't wait for it as well. He joins us here on Drive with Pete of Lajos here on SENWA. Jimmy, thanks for your time. G'day, Pete. How you going? You pumped? You I'm pumped. pumped. I'm pumped. It's interesting, actually. <laughs> uh, I worked for the Nine Network for a number of years, and I remember we used to put on State of Origin live um, when it was – initially it was – pre-recorded and played about two or three hours earlier. And then we decided when we were working at the Nine Network to put it on live and the audience was average. Can I tell you, it has grown exponentially here in Western Australia where the State of Origin 2 game played here at Optus Stadium drew in excess of 150,000 viewers uh, wow. on the Nine Network. For our population, that's quite significant, let me tell you. It has become... A big sport. A lot of people here in Western Australia follow it. They go to their local pubs. They go to their mate's house, and it's become a real event. How big will this match be tomorrow night? Of course, Lang Park, now Suncorp Stadium, sold out. They'll be hanging from the rafters, won't they? Absolutely, they will. Peter, you know, as far as State of Origin goes, it doesn't get any bigger than this. So there's always deciders. Um, they try not to do the away games and, and when they take them on the road as the third game because uh, just in case it's a dead rubber. Um, so that's why Perth was the second game. Um, and often, obviously, the, the third game is played at um, a core stadium in Sydney, which is a great stadium, 82,000 people there, but not purpose-built for rectangular sports. Suncorp Stadium is purpose-built for rectangular sports. In fact, in many ways, I know it was built for the Rugby World Cup in 2003, but it was built for Rugby League. It's their spiritual home for the Queenslanders. It's an old graveyard there at the, the former Lang Park, and that's what it was built on. And I'll tell you what, plenty of New South Wales sides have gone up there to die over the years. There's only been two series-deciding wins from New South Wales in the 42-year <laughs> history of State of Origin. They're attempting to do it for the third time. The good news is, that Brad Fittler, who is the coach of the New South Wales side, was in one of those winning sides. That was back in 1994 when New South Wales did it for the very first time. So saying that, uh, there has been the unexpected COVID situation. Now, Cameron Munster Mm -hmm. was pivotal when Queensland won game one down there in Sydney. And, of course, COVID's got him. Murray Talagi has also been uh, ruled out, and we're now... Just over, in fact, just under, you know, just over 24 hours away from a start. I suppose everybody is on tender hooks to make sure it doesn't infiltrate into the camps uh, before the game gets underway tomorrow night. Uh, most definitely, all precautions have been taken. Players getting tested twice a day. They were mingling in the community as much as they possibly could in the early parts of this camp. That certainly um, changed very 
very dramatically and, and understandably so, especially in indoor areas. To put it in perspective for your listeners, Pete, um, the fact that Cameron Munster is out of this side is the equivalent of losing Chris Judd the morning or, or the week leading up to the grand finals in 05 or 06. Like that, that's how big a player, that's how important he is. He's, he's their best player, their most important player. In many ways, it, the, the, um, the wave of Queensland rises and falls with Cameron Munster. And he not being there has dramatically changed the shape of the game. The unfortunate thing for New South Wales is doesn't mean you're going to win. You still mm. have to go out there and win the game. It's It's been made, I won't say it's been made easier, but it, it's been made a little more comfortable. Um, but you just don't underestimate Queensland in Queensland. Yeah. Well, you look out, it's going to be a packed out to side at Lang Park. It's a huge advantage for Queensland, but it's not a guaranteed win, is it, Jimmy? Because Queensland had the luxury of all three games at home last year, what, Townsville, Brisbane, Gold Coast. And lost yeah. a series 2-1, and they lost 26-zip at Lang Park. So saying that, with Cameron Munster out and how significant that is, could that be the reason that maybe New South Wales take it tomorrow night? Oh, look, I think... I not only think New South Wales will win, I want New South Wales to win because I'm a New South Welshman, but um, every, everything works for them. You know, we're coming off that game in Perth, at Optus Stadium, it was a cracking game of rugby league. And then Felice Gafusi was sent to the sin bin and then it just, it was an avalanche of points by New South Wales in that second half. It was a superb performance by Nathan Cleary. And if we talk about Cameron Munster for Queensland, well, Nathan Cleary's about the same for New South Wales, just an absolute superstar of the game in a key position. So um, you, you get the sense that this is going to be the, the time and place for Nathan Cleary to announce himself as a state of origin great. He'll get a lot of support from others around him, but um, it's set up for New South Wales to win. But as I said earlier, mate, I'm sure Brad Fittler hasn't been talking about that all week. He's been talking about what needs to be done, but it's there for New South Wales to create a little bit more history. Saying that, uh, he was criticised somewhat leading to the game here at Optus Stadium with the amount of changes he made. It's now minimal changes, a bit more stability with the squad and the team for Game 3 tomorrow night at Suncorp Stadium. Saying that, uh, how do you think the makeup will be? You spoke about Nathan Cleary. He was the match winner, no question, particularly in the second half. You think that Queensland will have certain tactics to make sure they nullify him and he doesn't have the impact that he had here in Perth uh, a couple of weeks or so ago? So all Queensland can do, and, and I'm not sure what Billy Slater will do, but all, all I would think they can do is they get their most experienced side out there, they get their best players out there straight away. So... You mean you start with Harry Grant, you put Ben Hunt in the halves, you put Jai Arrow out there, you put Tino Fasua Malaawi up in the front row and you put Patrick Carrigan on the field and you say, right, let's get New South Wales off tilt. Let's just get them, them thinking, hang on, at the 25-minute mark, hang on, at the 30-minute mark, this is not how we thought it would play out. And then use that momentum and just uh, have more energy than New South Wales and that's how you'll get That's how Queensland will win. Um, that, they've got to do that for 80 minutes. New South Wales, on the other hand, just have to be calm and play the way they want to play. They did that second half at Perth. And, and look, Freddie was criticised post that first game. And probably rightly so. He made changes. I thought they were reflex changes. I thought they were going to mirror what Queensland were doing. But it was a masterstroke. He got it exactly right. His selection of Appy Coruscant was 100% correct. 
He backed other players like Matt Burton and CSC for Talakai. They completely repaid him. So too did Jake Trebojevic. And, and if you're going to do it in game two for me, then I'm going to put you there for game three. And that's exactly what Freddie did. Yep. So he stabilised the squad. Saying that, we've seen two excellent matches. The first one was a gem. And the game was up for grabs at halftime here in Perth before the Blues ran away. When you have a decider, Jimmy, and you've covered many over many years, is it hell for leather? Is it win at all costs? Or do you start conservative to make sure you don't go too far behind and maybe reassess at halftime? What sort of game are we likely to see tomorrow night, do you think, tactically? If we thought the first game was a cracker and the second game was probably a little bit better, um, take it up a notch for the third game because you get this... I was amazed over there at the stadium, how much moisture came up through the ground. And we were walking out after the ground to where our cars were parked at the um, one of those outside ovals, and mm. there was so much moisture yeah. coming up from the ground. It looked like it had rained. It was a completely new phenomenon for us, and it helped us understand why there were players slipping so much on off the stadium. You don't get that at Suncorp. You'll get a dry track. You'll get a fast track. And there's no second chances, right? This is it. So no one's holding back. This is helter-skelter from the opening kickoff and until they're exhausted at the 80-minute mark. That's one of the issues at Optus Stadium. You made a point there, Jimmy, is even in AFL games, players are sleeping. I just reckon it's the water table because the stadium's so close to the Swan River. I think it's the water table, and it's certainly an issue that probably uh, wasn't expected when they built the stadium. But I know it's uh, very evident uh, sometimes in that, AFL games. Yeah, is that right, Pete? Because I, I wasn't aware of it. And we watched the earlier game, which was a, a local uh, representative game, a couple of teams going at it there. And the, the ground did not look dry, uh, wet at all. And mm. then all of a sudden, it, and then when we walked outside to go to the car, and so we're talking 10 o'clock local time, it felt like it had rained, but all the cars were dry, but the, the ground was wet. So that that is fascinating because we don't have that phenomenon here in Sydney and they certainly don't have it at Brisbane. Yeah, it's, it's the tides and the water table. I, I'm convinced of that and uh, I know it's something that's being discussed at this point in time. So, Jimmy, uh, let's have a look at tomorrow night. No doubt you fancy the Blues, but you wouldn't be surprised if the Queenslanders take it because in deciders, and I've seen some of the statistics, when Queensland have won in Sydney and it's come to a decider in Game 3, They've often taken the chocolates. Oh, they've got a fantastic record. They've won 15 of the last 18 games at Suncorp, and that's including that game last year where New South Wales won comfortably. They've won nine of the last 11 deciders that have been played in Queensland at Suncorp Stadium. So they've got an incredible record there, but, but too much in favour of New South Wales. Too many good players there. Too many players in form. And a team that's ready to win. I, I think New South Wales can do it. I think they can create their own piece of history. Um, and I think it's a continuation of that great streak that Brad Fittler has started without Latrell Mitchell and without Tom Trebojevic, two of their absolute stars. Yeah, I think it's a, a blue night tonight, uh, tomorrow night, mm. Pete. And just regarding Brad Fittler, will this be his last time as maybe State of Origin coach? Because there's talk that he may be coaching uh, club football next season. How do you see it? You could knock me over with a feather if you agreed to coach at NRL level. This suits Freddie perfectly. Because he's, he's, he's been licked with Canterbury, hasn't he? Well, that's because he's great mates with Gus Gould. So mm-hmm. Gus Gould's the general manager of football there. I, I would be absolutely surprised if he, he did that. It, it's, it, State of Origin's perfect for him. He's He's got his football release that he's 
He's built for Origin. He played over 30 games, and now he's one of New South Wales' most successful coaches. And he's got another year to run on a contract. If he wins this series, that is extended out to the end of 2024. It complements the great media work that he does with Channel 9. It's a perfect fit. Why he would want to put himself <laughs> through the turmoil of 12 months of the year of working out how to win footy games with a club that's had a very tough last five years, I do not know. But anyway, uh, we'll wait and see. I'd be very shocked, Pete. Yeah, okay. Good on you. Thanks for joining us, uh, Jimmy. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. Should be an absolute beauty. Really looking forward to it. Gets underway at 10 past six, Perth time, 10 past eight over there, uh, Australian uh, Eastern Standard Time. And thanks for giving us your time tonight here on Drive. Thanks, Jimmy. Any. But all the best, mate. Good on you. Jimmy Smith joining us here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. It's all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. Uh, they are an outstanding organisation, Toolmart. They are local. Uh, they have got 12 stores spread around the Perth metropolitan area. And also for those people listening on SEN Spirit 621 in Bunbury in the southwest, one there in Bunbury as well. Uh, they are local and you can always get the right tool from the start and they understand the West Australian market. So there's no other question. You hear, of course, ads for all of these tool companies from the eastern states. They are local. They are here to help you. And tradies, there's no other uh, option other than shopping at Toolmart. Thanks to Ian Peterson. And the team for sponsoring Drive with Peter Vlahos. We'll take a break. We'll look at the big uh, movements at North Melbourne and some of the other issues in the AFL with Kim Hagdor next here on the program.